Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we got David. Greetings. Greetings. Earthlings, also known as Nightly. Other in there, we got Freddy. Always keeping that spoopy under oh. the stairs. Whoa. Oh. You you added. I added spoopy. <laughs> you, you want to repeat that? Because I was kind of talking over you. <laughs> repeat that, Freddy. <laughs> I said, always keeping that spoopy under the stairs. Ooh. Sounds weird. I don't know. Also known as Nighty Night. I always knew you were a stair person. I yep. knew it. I knew like it. Harry Potter, <laughs> just under the stairs. <laughs> but this ain't a Harry Potter podcast because no, we are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's not what they would. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, before we even kind of like dive straight into this, just want to completely refresh everyone's memory here. We got a Discord. So Discord is in the show notes. If you would like to join our community, it is incredible. It's We're having so much fun. I'm having a blast watching it grow. Um, I think it's about up to 40 people now, which is pretty cool. I, you know, I thought it was just going to be around like 15 or 20 who want to just do this, mm-hmm. but a lot more folks than I thought, and it's really, really cool. We talk about a lot of fun stuff in there. Um, and yeah, so come join us. We want to definitely keep the conversation alive on our Discord server. Still can talk to us on Twitter, obviously. So if you <laughs> want to do that too, you can do that as well. But David's not really on Twitter, but David is on our Discord. So hey, if you want to talk to I David specifically. In there. Yeah. I like to make in. my appearances like rare. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'll, I'll keep an eye on it, but then like I'll just pop in, scream, and then run away. <laughs> or maybe gasp. Yeah. David gasp. <gasps> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, hey. It, it. Either way, join the Discord server so we can all go ahead and just hang out and have a good time, talk about movies and shit. And we're gonna be doing a lot of cool events inside there as well. Um, having movie nights talking about more podcast shit and having live podcast recordings, all that great stuff. So we would love for you to join in on all of that. But keeping things going with our Black History Month Part 2, Back in Black. I'm very proud of that. We (laughs) are talking about Wes Cravens, the people under the stairs. First and foremost, gentlemen, thoughts? Take it away, Freddy. Me first? Okay. Um, well, it's, it's very weird because we recorded this so early on. So the new Scream movie just came out. We were rewatching the last few Scream movies as well. We just saw one and two at the house. And I, we just did New Nightmare last month. So it's on this like Wes Craven hype. And I've heard nothing but good things about this movie. So going in, I had really high expectations. But knowing me, I go into a movie completely blind. And holy shit, this movie blindsided me of how crazy of a ride this is in a great way. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, it's both hilarious, frightening, and like it felt like the Goonies a little bit too with like the treasure and stuff like that. There's a lot to love about this movie. And I think it has so much charm and 
it's something you would never expect. It keeps on throwing stuff at you, which you're like, oh my God, what the hell's going on in a great way. So for me, I, I, I give it like my Freddy approval because this is a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm so Freddy happy I saw approval. it. Yeah. Freddy Cougar. I really, <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed this movie. I think, uh, there's definitely times where the subject matter was a little too intense for me. Um, sure. but overall, enjoyed it. Freddie makes a lot of good points. Um, it has, it's a, it's a 91 film and it very much has a lot of aspects that were seen in films a lot. Like you have the unknown spooky community, which is the stairs people, right? I felt like you right. said that a lot during that, that decade. And um, also the whole aspect of a treasure. Um, but the social commentary throughout this is really crazy and I, I hope we could dive into it um, and maybe explore it a little bit because I feel like there's probably a lot that I probably didn't catch at first glance but overall um, really cool sense of adventure um, blended with the entire horror aspect of it uh, I was definitely on edge the whole time and I'm sure that's what this film was going for you know I'm with both of you like I I love this fucking movie. Obviously, <laughs> this movie is such a blast to me. I'm I'm a huge fan of the people under the stairs, mainly because of Fool. Like it's just he's oh, yeah. so he's such a great protagonist, and he's such a great final boy that it just makes me makes me love him that much more. Um, and I'm I'm excited that uh. Jordan Peele is actually producing the remake for this. Yeah. So oh, wow. that's uh that's gonna be pretty fun as well. And that's that's in some ways a pretty big deal. And it's 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 actually pretty weird that the last time we had Black History Month of Horror was we, when we talked about Candyman and we mentioned Jordan Peele producing Candyman. And now this is the second time we're mentioning him producing another remake. So I feel like I feel like we're the ones who make the remakes good, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, like, I, I really do uh, enjoy this movie a lot. There are aspects of this movie, though, that I've always felt like were tonally off from the rest of the movie, where they'll talk about some super heavy handed shit. And then it's kind of like Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. And it's like horror. super heavy handed shit again. And it's like, all right, now it's the Goonies. So, yeah, like, like, yeah. I, it's, that could be a positive too, because it kept me guessing of what's going to happen next. No, sure, but like, absolutely. Oh, like this is really weird. It's going all over the place, but all of it is cool to watch, right? But then sense. if you fast forward a few years after, right, and then we get New Nightmare, um, yeah, and how that is such a totally dark movie, yes. And and Craven is interesting when when he would make the films that he would make, he would always have this very interesting persona that he would put on these films. Um, sometimes he would go like really off the edge and have it be insanely dark as all can be like the last house on the left. Um, you know, and, and you have this, this very interesting characteristic that's, um, fun to this movie. Um, but then you take something like, uh, the serpent and the rainbow, um, or yeah, I think that's correct. I think I got the in the right section. But if you take something like that, another very dark and heavy-handed movie, um, and then you have this, which is also very dark and heavy-handed, and um, it has this very interesting tonal shift um, in the movie that it, it doesn't fault it too much, in my opinion, but 
it is something I notice, and I'm just like, huh, I wish it would just continue being dark as hell instead of like slamming a door on some guy's face and he falls downstairs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I yeah. just that, that's just me personally. Like, I, I yeah. don't know, but I'm excited to see what a remake can bring out of this, especially from the storytelling of someone who is actually black. Um, mm-hmm. So, very excited to see what happens with that, but all in all, like, I still love this movie and I remember this movie very vividly um, as a child. And I very much remember this movie would specifically give me nightmares of my neighbor's house. I always <laughs> thought my neighbor like stole kids. Oh, and damn. She had the very, like a really strange garage that was like kind of damp and murky. And it's it always was the damn garages, dude. It really yeah. is. So I would have this, these very like odd dreams of being taken into her garage oh, by the no. people under the stairs. And it, this is where it gets weird. They would just paint blood on me, and I would wake up, and I was just like, okay, yeah, oh. yeah. So that's how I remember this movie, <laughs> man. <laughs> blood. Let's go ahead and jump into the plot. The People Under the Stairs, directed by Wes Craven, released November 1st, 1991, almost on my birthday. A runtime of one hour, 42 minutes, a budget of $6 million, a box office of $31.4 million, and a rating of 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, I, I, I disagree with that score, but at the same time, yeah. I understand that score. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Two thirds of the people loved it, which is very right. interesting. I, but yeah, I disagree as well. It should be a lot yeah. higher. I, I, I think so. Like as well. That's what I'm thinking. I'm yeah. thinking. I'm thinking this movie definitely can can work in the 80s for me. Um, but once again, I think this movie also has to be retold. Like, and yeah. I, I know a lot of people don't like remakes and shit. And, and everyone who knows me knows I'm team remake because I like giving a uh, fresher eyes on something that's, uh, maybe older or whatever. Um, but, uh, don't make remakes of something that came out five years ago, though. That, that's weird. But anyway, <laughs> we opened straight to the title shot to then a woman named Ruby reading tarot cards. And right off the bat, we're already getting the, uh, mystical negro trope <laughs> mm-hmm. so like it's just already there thrown right into us so you're, you're already kind of getting this trope right off the bat um which for some is just like okay i've seen this many many times before but mm-hmm. i like ruby <laughs> calling it a tough road for someone that we can't yet see judgment death and the devil telling them that it that uh it is glad that is their birthday reading and not hers. She pulls the fool card, telling our lovable protagonist fool that uh, that is where he got his nickname from. He's like, don't remind me. (laughs) (laughs) The fool. Dude, I love this kid, man. (laughs) She continues mockingly congratulating his 13th birthday. He comments that he's only going to the seventh grade. She mentions that he's the fool uh, and he can't escape that and that it isn't the stupid kind of fool. Only ignorant because... Because he's just starting out. Fool accepts it. She points out to the card villain that he's already have a problem. One step in front of the drop of a cliff. Fool asks about the dog. She educates that being a fool's companion, mocking the dog's bark to tell Fool to do the smart thing, the high thing. 
I love this mainly because we get another dog later. Was yeah. full and it's not his companion, so it's, it's kind of like a reverse of these cards. Right. It's really, really great. And I mean, if we really kind of break these cards down, right? Like, if we're really thinking about it, like these cards, this is the whole movie. Like, it's intense. Yeah, I didn't realize that until you know you brought up like, oh, we do get a different dog later on. I'm like, oh man, you really you're right. I didn't even put two and two together. Right. All of these cards, it's the whole movie. Like you, you have the judgment aspects because they're judging, um, Alice quite a bit mm. and quite often in this movie. Um, you have death as well. And then you have the devil, but you have two of them. <laughs> and it's, it's so interesting seeing how like, um, this just likes to just piece itself together. It's a, it's a fantastic way it pieces. He asked what uh what is he go excuse me he asked what is he going to do if he's go if he's not walking off the cliff she says that he's going to do what he has to do quote turn around and walk the other way right through the fire of the sun end quote I fucking love that once again Such a great line like that is pretty much the end of That's the movie powerful like yeah. it's so good <laughs> full concerned that he will get burned Ruby agrees but just the boy part getting burned burned up to the rest becoming a man nobody calling him fool again the end of the movie right here this all is right. the whole movie and it, it's fantastic that we get all of this beautiful foreshadowing in just maybe 15 seconds into the film it's great yeah full Fool is reading a book, his mother coughing in the other room. And you can already tell like the environment that they live in, super impoverished and just everything is just broken down. Like it looks like they're living in a roach's home and they're just guests there. Like it's it's crazy. Fool is reading a or excuse me, Ruby tries to assure her assure her to rest in bed. Fool gets out of his bed to check on them. His mom sat in as she complains about the landlord. They notice Fool listening at the doorway. Ruby gets up, instructing him to go back to read his book. He asks what's wrong. She tells him nothing that he can help with with while uh, closing the door. Fool goes to, to the beam, sitting down, startled by a man lighting a cigarette. How did you not see Leroy's right. big ass? Right For real. <laughs> he's like right next to him. He sits down on the pillar and it's like, hey, where'd you come from? Like He's, he's like, not even scared of this random guy too i mean god if you like, we we see later how his hallway is that's true. walking up yeah. to his house right so it's just like one probably slipped in <laughs> <laughs> he asks who he is he takes a drag from the cigarette introducing himself as leroy a friend of ruby's he asks if he's if he's full Fool tells him that he, uh his real name is poindexter but ruby is hung up on on is hung up on it on the tarot cards he asks why is his mom crying Leroy shares that they are being evicted and need to be out by midnight mocking Ruby not being able to see see that in her cards Fool doesn't understand why Leroy explains that they are three days late on their payment the fine print says that they have to pay triple or get out they don't have triple Fool continues questioning if the landlord um, knows that his mom is sick and Ruby has babies. Leroy tells him that that he knows, but he doesn't care because he wants to tear down the building and they are the last family that's inside. Asking Fool if he has money to kick in, he shakes his head. Leroy smiles that he knows a way that he can earn some money, asking if he likes games. <laughs> Yo. Okay. I've... I love this shit. Like this is this is one of those things where you you kind of get in these these old fashioned hood movies. Like you got this kid who is trying to do the right thing, 
right. or just stuck in a shitty situation because of society. And it's yeah. just like you get this character who just fell deep into the whole society stereotype, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's fascinating. Like it's absolutely fascinating to see how the dynamic between Leroy and Fool are. Um, and when we get Spencer later, like I have a whole thing to talk about their dynamic together because I, yeah, I, I would imagine love it. Like, oh my I god! I think it's. I always, um, I always have an appreciation when you know stories will uh, present to you a complicated situation that's not black and white, and there's many shades of gray, and it it makes you ask yourself, what would you do if you were in a situation? And I think those are good stories to to share to give people some perspective. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I have to agree. It's like what you said. It's like when you're in the tough spot and you want to provide for your family, what else can you really do? Right. Like that's and the thing. Like, like you, you, you're understanding. It's like, yeah, he's doing something that's a criminal act, but in good intentions. And it's against right. the people who are the ones that put him in that situation too. So it's right. kind of like, not revenge, but like, it seems like the right thing to do. It's Robin Hood, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, exactly. You know, you, yeah. You're, you're taking away it's from all. the rich to give it back to the poor. Right, and so I wanted like, to bring that up earlier because I, because I, strangely, like, I, I feel like I've always like really gravitated towards the Robin Hood story because if, if there are people that are gluttonously rich and are yeah. extremely undeserving, I'm like, go for it, fucking steal from them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's like so hard for me to get mad when like people used to steal from the Apple store. I was just like, mm. <laughs> yeah, well, they could and afford a lot it. Of, like, <laughs> and a lot of times, those that are rich are the types that would do anything and cut anyone to get to that point. Oh and they may do more things. than everybody. Exactly. And I was going to say, exactly. But they find a way to wiggle between law, right? Yeah. And not actually do anything. But when you look at it and you compare, you really have to ask, like, what is truly worse? Right. Absolutely. Cut to a mean, disgustingly uh, man eating a dinner in front of a fire. Like, uh, the way he's eating this shit is just yeah. like, yeah, it's gross. like kind of like a cartoon. The way yeah. he's eating it, he's so cartoonish. <laughs> a gluttonous fat king, basically. Ugh. He's like, <laughs> like, it's just like it's gross. <laughs> a woman it's named mom. Alice fearfully places a drink on his table. The woman is sewing. Uh, Another woman is sewing something as she mentions they are getting uh, the last family out on Linux building, and then it is clear to tear it down. Wanting to build a nice condominium and get clean people in there. I wish they would just lean to it, just be like white people. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. she continues that she was she will get lost of uh, uh, she will get lots of wood for her fire. Okay, the man cuts her off, saying money. For me, <laughs> Alice asked her her mom um, or her quote unquote mom uh, what happens to the people when they leave their home. The woman gets up saying that she wasn't speaking to her. She should speak when spoken to, and that that being what good girls do. She does. Uh, she goes up to the man softly, asking if he's getting them out soon. While stuffing his face, he says um, that he is he is tomorrow by midnight. Then pulling out another buckshot bullet from his meat, putting it in a bowl with the others. It's fucking crazy because later on you get the context is like this dude's eating a human. Yeah. Like, oh man, I really didn't even put those two together again. <laughs> He's just shotgunning Gross. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This dude's eating a human. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, fool runs across the street with a brown paper bag in his hand, then inside of a building. Inside, addicts shooting up and doing drugs, one calling out to Fool, hearing that he got he's getting evicted. He ignores him, trying his best to move through them up the stairs, knocking on the door to uh to be let into the apartment. Dogs fighting over meat in the hallway as he enters. I love how he like knocks faster, like, yo, open the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, Those dogs worried me, to be honest. I was like, damn, this is like, yeah, it's scary. I'm like, get in. It this this whole scene just screamed danger. Hell and yeah. Yeah. and it's scary because like he he is a child in this environment and he just like you saw how much he was just trying to ignore every aspect right. of what was happening for him it's and, normalized he's like right. I'm just going from point A to point B right now exactly like, like this yeah. just for me these people are skipping stones for me like yeah. that's all I'm doing. He locks the door behind him. Leroy and Ruby talking about full working for him. She doesn't want him. She doesn't want him to. Uh, she doesn't. Excuse me. She doesn't want him calling him a good kid. Uh, hold on, I messed that up. She doesn't want him to calling him a good kid who needs to be kept that. Who needs to be kept that way. This is why punctuations matter <laughs> uh, uh, he argues that fool will do better th- uh, than the rest of them reminding her about herself re- resorting to prostitution Leroy continues that he's trying to teach fool how to put food on the table sits um, sits on the counter or he sits on the counter listening to the both of them she comments that he wants to be a doctor he laughs that he can, that they can barely afford rent and how she was planning on paying his medical school school bills fool speaks up saying that uh, that isn't right Leroy dickishly spills the beans that his mom has cancer and they are too broke to get it taken out wow like poor fool like when you saw his face just drop hearing that news Jesus right. Christ. Fool is shocked at the news of Ruby trying to shut him up, but he grabs her, closing her mouth, continuing to yell about them not having money. Fool gets down, kicking him in the shin. He yells for Ruby not to touch him, grabbing Fool and yelling at him that nobody deserves to be robbed. Somebody who, who, uh, somebody who don't care nothing about families or the neighborhood. He just wants to tear it down so he can make a profit. Ruby asks about who is talk uh, who he is talking about. Leroy says the landlord, pulling out a folded paper from his shirt pocket, mentioning that he found a letter in the liquor store that he hid the other night. So fascinating, like the whole context of, of getting how Leroy is trying his best to just find this fucking landlord, and he yeah. notices like from a letter inside yeah. of, and he doesn't even call it a letter; he calls it a treasure map. Um, right, he calls it a treasure map, like, which I'm like, oh, this gives me very Goonies vibes. Yeah, he yeah, calls it a treasure map. Cool. Like instead yeah, of finding the much, attic, they robbed a store and found the treasure map. Right. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that's very cool. much setting up the adventure too. Right. Exactly, definitely. A letter addressed with the owner in the name of the company, noticing that is it is the same name as her on her eviction notice. The same guy owning half the buildings in the ghetto. Knowing uh, where he where her landlord lives, she tells him to leave it alone, mentioning that she heard bad things about him. Leroy asks if she heard about the gold. Her interest is piqued. He continues that the letter is from the company that wants to buy the gold coins that the landlord collected. She tells him that he doesn't need fool for that um, if he wants to be stupid. He mockingly says that uh, um, that they have have a foolproof plan for him. I love that. I love the play on words with his name there. He looks at fool asking if he wants his family out of the streets. Cut to fool um, sitting next to his mom, covering up 
covering her up with a blanket, wanting to buy her a Cadillac for each foot. She smiles, weakly asking him to just take care of the kids, commenting that he's the man of the house now. He claims that he's trying as she releases a dry cough. Meanwhile, the woman goes into Alice's room where she is eating dinner on her side table. And you know the best part about this? They are literally credited as woman and man. In this oh, really? Yeah. And that's why Damn. that's why I never named them because they literally are credited as just woman and man. That's so funny. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she places the water down as the woman approaches her and takes away her plate. She asks Alice if she licked it. Alice immediately tells her, no, ma'am. The woman demands her to stand up. Alice moves her side table and gets up so her mother can uh, put on the dress that she made for her, then violently starts brushing her hair, asking if she loves her mother. Alice tells her that she wants to, she wants, or excuse me, um, Alice tells her that uh, what she wants to hear, she, she's pleased, grabbing the plate and leaving out, leaving out of her room, but notices that the fork is gone. She asks Alice where it is. Alice is nervous. The woman becoming more impatient as she asks Alice again where the fork is. She gets up, mentioning that it, it must have fallen on the floor. She drops down the floor, looking for it, the woman asking if she knows the punishment for losing silverware. The vent slowly opens up, a pale, dirty hand extends out, handing her the fork. She takes it, patting his hand to go back inside. She lifts back up telling her mother that she knew it was there. She places it on the plate, the man coming into the room behind the woman. He tells her that's, um, that some black folk robbed the store, although this motherfucker didn't say black folk. Did he? <laughs> nah, he didn't. <laughs> so, you know. The woman is upset that it happened again, wanting them to burn in hell. And that was like the thing, right? Like, And that's why I say those tarot cards really speak on what the whole movie is because they constantly use that phrase burn in hell mm-hmm. constantly. They're the judges of like who right. deserves to be punished or not. Exactly. By the way, punished. me going in completely blind in this movie when I saw that hand come out, I was like, oh, it's a vampire movie. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> You're cute, Freddie. <laughs> he tells her that he's pretty tense about this. She asks if he's uh if he has one of his headaches. He continues that he's very tense. Oh my god. Fucking hate this scene so much because you know you know what probably happens. Yeah, this she, is the part these are the parts that I'm like, oh man, I almost like turned it off. Yeah, no, that's fair. Hell that's yeah. completely fair. She claims that Alice has been bad, feeding that that thing between the walls again. Alice tells him no as she cowers in the corner. The woman reminding her uh, reminding him not to bruise her face. He undoes his belt, telling her that bad girls burn in hell. The the moans from the man in the walls echo throughout the room. Cut to Leroy and Spencer driving, scoping out the landlord's house as they pass by. Spencer notices that they don't have a car in the driveway, asking where Fool is. Leroy answers that he's going in. Fool is outside in the, the residence, dressed as excuse me as a bear troop, lacing up his shoes. The broken sign, Robinson Funeral Home, established in 1806, dangles in the wind. He gets up and approaches the front door, knocking on it with a brown paper bag in his hand. The mailbox opens up. He goes to inspect it, but it it closes. The light above flashes and rattles. Fool heads uh, heads to the back of the house, knocking on the door instead. After ringing the doorbell, he tries for the handle. Now, I think (laughs) she 100% turned on the electricity or whatever for the handle in this moment. Mm, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Just in case. 
Like he does I, it again, or tries to right. open the door. Yeah. Tries to open the door or something, and I feel like that she—that's what she was doing. As soon as that knock happened, it is locked. Uh, he notices a pawn and goes over to it, throwing a, throwing a rock in the water. Alice peers out of the window. He looks up, at, um, but she walks away. The woman rudely asking if she can help him. He gets up and approaches her, greeting her and offering to sell her cookies. She apologizes, commenting that uh, that they uh, watch what they eat, which. Holy shit! Sketch. Like what? Yeah. Because now we know their diet. Yeah. Oh my god, it's gross. He understands. It is about to make up a story about cerebral palsy. She cuts him off, apologizing, and and is about to head back inside. He asks if if he can act, at least use the bathroom. She tells him no, and to run along before closing and locking the door. She stares at him for a moment, full acting like it um it is okay. He glances at all of the windows, uh, wired, screened, and padlocked. This is so interesting how we see that it's padlocked from the outside and things like that. Like it, it feels like something is just trapped in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that detail of them kind of being like weirded out. Like, why is it on the outside? Like, that's strange. Like, usually you would probably put that inside to, uh, detour people from trying to break it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But very good point. Super interesting. Fool is back inside the van with Spencer and Leroy. Spencer wondering if they've been hit before. Now I, I like I like this context of Spencer and Leroy. Um I hate the way Spencer dies though. Like yeah. he's scared to death. I feel like it's very indicative of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, no, he's he's scared to death and his hair turns white. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it, I do like their, this dynamic though, of like Spencer and Leroy, um, in full, mainly because Spencer it's, or Leroy does not trust Spencer and you can right. tell Spencer does not trust Leroy. Mm-hmm. And I love that because they are, they are both just like completely untrustworthy of each other and thinking that each other is just going to stab one of them in the back. And it's it's a great context that we get later with um, with pretty much Leroy when Spencer goes inside the house. Mm-hmm. Leroy blames it on the neighborhood, then asks Fool how it how is it held on. He shares with padlocks on the outside. Spencer is surprised, asking if if he had if they had any alarms. He doesn't know since she wouldn't let him inside. Spencer irritated that Fool didn't mention he had to use the bathroom. Fool takes off his shirt, commenting that she wasn't buying that. Spencer uh, wants to take a look. Leroy telling him not to be stupid, and they will go on Sunday. Spencer doesn't want to go inside without checking out the security. Leroy wonders how is he um going how is he going to get inside? Spencer stops the van going in in the back to get his disguise. He walks up to the house in a maintenance outfit, looking around the back of the house. The woman opens the, the back door asking if she if she can help him. She answers that he's uh with the gas company and they have an emergency. She closes herself inside the door, opening a little window to speak with him. He needs to see her meter. She uh, matter-of-factly mentions that he passed it on the way to the driveway. Spencer comments that they already checked that one and there is one inside the house that he needs to check. She knows that there isn't one inside the house. He opens up his paper sheet suggesting that she might not be aware of it and they have a leak on the block that that could be dangerous. She notices his ring as he continues. She asks for his identification. So once again, now we're getting the judgment, right? 
Like we're seeing the ring on his finger and now she's judging him. And granted, she had every right to kind of judge him because yes, he was mm. a person well, trying to break into her house. I feel like exactly. with what you brought before with the tarot cards, I feel like he is like the the death card because he's about to die. He's the first person to die. And right. we see the skull, which is like on the tarot card of death as well. I'm like, oh, he's the guy. It's a good perspective. Yeah. It's a great perspective. Because they really edit and like do a close up of the ring. I'm like, oh, that's significant. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. A few times too, right? Like they, yeah, they bring that ring too. up a couple of times for sure. But um it definitely is an identifier too for Spencer. And I, I do like that it is some type of identifier for him because you do have yeah. this this concept behind Spencer that seems to be um interesting, mainly because of the fact that he he has this specific personality to him to where he's he is he's white. Right. Like he's a white guy who allows which allows him to kind of possibly get away with this. Like Leroy over here dressed in pretty much a dashiki. He can't do that. Like, like, mm-hmm. like he's like, although that shit is fire. I'm not going to lie. That, that dashiki <laughs> style uh, Levi's jacket he had on that shit was fire. Um, it was dope. He pulls out an ID, sharing that they uh, they have the right to come inside, even if they have to call the police. She opens the door, blaming it on the fact that there's been a lot of robberies lately, and that that has her on edge, claiming that the neighborhood is changing. He claims to understand while going inside. She immediately closes the door, opening the little window to double check before following him. Fool doesn't understand how he got past her. Leeward comments that Spencer is as slippery as a snake, thinking he is going to take the coin collection for himself. Fool comments that Spencer has to deal with with him too. If he misses, if he uh, messes with Leroy, Leroy laughs. They notice the woman leaving out of the driveway. Both of them shocked that they left Spencer alone inside. Fool believes that there there has to be someone else inside. Leroy worrying and wanting Spencer to give uh, give some kind of signal, thinking that he could possibly be hiding the best for himself. He tells Fool that they are going to go inside there, not wanting not wanting to. Fool reminds him that Spencer wants them to stay behind. Leroy uses Fool's mom as leverage so they can go back inside. He starts the van and heads toward the house head towards the back of the house and this was the dumbest fucking move right here right like just you're across the street (laughs) (laughs) just walk across the street like why do you park your van inside their driveway right i totally agree like that just made zero sense to me Leroy and Fool head uh, heads to the back door. Leroy armed with a crowbar. Fool rings the doorbell, no answer. Leroy breaks the window and unlocks the door. They head inside. Leroy listening to the door before trying to open it. Fool notices a bloody doll snapped on a mousetrap. He inspects it before throwing it back down. The dolls, when we get the context of what those are even utilized for, oh my god. Like the amount of people that they've just devoured <laughs> in this house. It's That's terrifying. Insane. Oh my God. Like I said, this movie's full of like surprises and twists. I'm like, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. He mentions that this might not be, be so smart. So be, um, uh, excuse me. He he mentions that this might not be so smart to be doing a breaking and entering, reminding him that it is his first day on his 13th birthday, commenting that it could be unlucky. Leroy agrees and mentioned that it is unlucky anyway. He breaks into the room, um, old and worn out funeral flowers on the table. I mean, he says he mentions why it's unlucky. He's like pretty much like you not old enough to have sex. 
Like <laughs> that was the main reason. <laughs> they came across a reinforced door. Leroy places his ear on the uh, to the door, calling out to Spencer. Something pulls the mousetrap doll. Fool hears it and gets spooked, trying to make small talk with Leroy. He's like, uh, "So, uh, so Leroy, uh, you think I got what it takes to be a doctor?" Yeah, I guess you could use a stethoscope. I don't know. <laughs> Leroy makes brief conversation on teaching him how to become a burglar and how not how no door can stand against him as he slams the door open. There's a lot of soft doors in this movie. Like mm-hmm. we we see her stab a door like with just absolute ease. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a lot of moments where I I would question that as well yeah yeah definitely like it, i don't know if you you think of the shining and it took fucking what six or seven hacks to hack this door down and then just like i get it it's a movie and you use props and shit <laughs> but still like it just yeah it was a little a little phony baloney uh, in the remake Gotta see the remake. The cabinet wall shifting open in the wired windows. He smiles that the house is open. The house um, open right up uh, as a big ass fucking rot roller named Prince attacks him. Hey. hey, I'm finally in a movie. There he is. What's up? What's up, What's up dog? See, so now we officially have covered all of us. We have David. We have Freddie a few weeks ago, <laughs> and now me. There we go. I'm a dog. So there you, you go. Moment. I got my moment. <laughs> it sucks. Fully <laughs> taconizes yeah. the dog to get off Leroy. Hey, Fuzzball, your mother sleeps with cats. I love that line. It's so good. <laughs> it's so 90s. Like, it's such a 90s childish line. Yeah, yeah, it works. I was like, damn, that is a burn for a kid. Like, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, like, it feels like that line wouldn't come from a rated R movie. Like that feels like right. that would totally come from like a PG movie or something in the nineties. <laughs> but hey, he starts chasing after Fool. He jumps up and closes the door on the dog. Leroy runs inside the kitchen. They close and barricade the door with a mop. They take a look. Um, they take a look at him. Fool thinking that he he could be trained to wait there. They look around a little bit. A uh, um a see here and speak no evil statue catches his attention. Leroy calls the place weird as Fool mouths uh mouths the statue, noticing the pile of dead flies as one tries to escape. Leroy wondering what and that's that's so great. It's like even death can't escape this place. Like that insane. That's exactly what I just that just popped into my head when I saw those flies, which is like death can't even escape this house. That's crazy. Leroy wondering why the cabinets have locks on it. They mention uh, then mention mentions that somebody needs a bath. They um, there's some shaking going on, shaking on on the, through the vents over the stove. Leroy is smiling at the fact that they have rats, and he's like, "Nice to know that these rich folk got rats too." Okay, Leroy. <laughs> Fool wants to get out of there, but Leroy wants wants to find uh, find out what's up with Spencer. But Fool doesn't care about Spencer and wants to get out of there. Leroy reminding him about the gold coins, calling Fool stupid and chicken shit. Rat- rattling and rattling and footsteps above them stop uh, stop their conversation. Leroy thinking that that to be Spencer, commenting that they'll surprise him. They cautiously move around the house, ab- about to go up up the stairs, startled by every sound. Fool thinking that it's a bad idea to head up there. Leroy mocks him to stay downstairs and keep an eye out while blowing him a kiss. Annoyed, Fool agrees to stay downstairs. He heads inside the living room, comments 
commenting about the sheer size of the room. He can hear Leroy calling for Spencer upstairs. Then he hears thumping noises underneath him, following the trails of thumps to the basement door. He looks through a hatch with bars on it, spotting Spencer's clipboard on the steps. He unlocks the door, making sure the coast is clear before heading inside and calling out to Spencer. He goes down the stairs, sitting on the step and grabbing Spencer's things, calling out to him one last time. A light shines, accompanied by whispers moving toward him. Fool ain't stupid. He starts running up the stairs, but stops at the top step, reiterating what Leroy told him earlier. He turns back around and cautiously heads back down, because he is stupid, and the door closes (laughs) closes shut uh, from a string pulling it. A distinct whisper calls out to him. He lights the lighter and continues walking around the damp basement. A, a light his uh is pointed his a light is pointed at him in the distance. He thinks it is Spencer calling out to him. He hears the TV on in another room and goes to the room standing on top on top of it on top of something to move the set, turning it to see inside the room and um uh that it is point toward. Lighting the, the lighter and calling out to Spencer again, a puff of smoke shoots toward him, causing him to fall down and run out of the room. Someone with the light runs toward him and moans. Fool makes a run for it, tripping over the body of Spencer. He checks on him as the man continues to moan from the other side of the wall. Fool notices the gold coin in Spencer's hand and grabs it, admiring it and its possibilities. The man behind the wall tries pulling Spencer through the wall. Through the wall. Fool bangs on, on the wall to stop him. He tries pulling Spencer out, noticing that his hand is bloody. He he hears something behind him, and someone pulls the TV back so uh, to where they can see it. Fool calls out to him, asking who he is. A man named Roach jumps on him. Fool screams, no, as he tries to wrestle him back off. He drops Roach, running up the stairs, calling for Leroy so they can get out of there. The stairs fall, causing him to fall back down into the basement. The stair people all gather and groan at him. Roach moans and groans as he chases after him. Fool runs back up toward the door, banging on it. Alice opens the door and runs away. Roach grabs his leg, causing him to fall. He shakes Roach off his leg and closes the door and locks it. This moment right here scared the living fucking shit out of me as a kid. How come? The whole aspect of being down there with these people that you have no idea what's going on. They're moaning and groaning and doing weird shit. Like, dude, it's scary. <laughs> really well done. Terrified me as a child. Yeah. Um, even as an adult, I was feeling a lot of like intensity of this scene with him just like with a lighter being his only light source and he's going through everything and we see a TV that's turned on and stuff like that. At this point, I still think it's a vampire movie, which is really <laughs> funny because I was like, oh yeah, these people can only live in the dark, right? They're like, it's just a bunch of like a coven of vampires at, like downstairs. And then I saw Roach pop out and he had like a crossbow. I'm like, oh, this is not a vampire movie. <laughs> well, like, wait, at this point, he's I was a like, vampire oh, hunter. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe, who thing. knows? But I was like, um, it, it's really good. It, they did a really good job with like creating tension in the scene and having him go through a very dark and spooky looking basement. Like the set design is great. I but agree. I would not want to be down there. And the fact like they had like a little string that closed the door, I was like, oh, this is like, like you're trapping people down here. That's crazy. They thought of everything. Yeah, this kind of reminded me of The Collector a little bit, too. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, where it's I like it's just everything's booby-trapped in its own way to keep people inside. Yeah. 
I could definitely see that. He looks around for Alice, calling out to her, but then hears the car of the woman approaching. She greets her dog, and the man gets out of the car. The dog continues to bark at the van. Fool hops over the table, running to whisper loudly for Leroy. He runs upstairs, spotting Leroy face down in, uh, with his head in the vent. Fool shakes him. They, they startle each other, Fool thinking that he was dead. He says, I thought you was dead, Leroy. <laughs> oh, man, I was just There's listening. There. <laughs> Leroy shares that he was listening, knowing that there's something inside there. Uh, wanting Fool to go inside the vent to see what's inside. Hell no. What, the fuck? what am I, Fool? <laughs> fool yells uh, that he was, he is saving his ass, sticking his head inside stuff and losing it um, just like Spencer. And Leroy's like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Leroy doesn't understand. Fool rebuttals that they have to get out of there. It's <laughs> like, we got to get out of here. That's what I mean by that. And the woman <laughs> is back by the van with the, with the, uh, with the man with her. Leroy asks if, if he's seen Spencer. Fool mentions that he's dead, thinking that he was scared to death. <laughs> they make a, they make a run for it down the stairs, stopping when the man and the woman are standing behind the uh behind the uh excuse me standing behind the door that they came from. Leroy tells him to go to, out of the front. Fool grabs the door handle, is electrocuted, falling <laughs> to the ground, and Leroy just leaves him there and tries breaking the window open. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is great. But you know the silly part behind this? He tries breaking the window open, but he doesn't try breaking the door open. Like, that's that's fair, you, yeah. you have a crowbar. Like, I would I would have just stuck the crowbar in where the door handle is. Right, he flaunted like, oh, no door can like stop No door me. can hold me. Right, yeah, 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 he did it earlier. But a window can. <laughs> a glass window can hold you, but no door can. Okay. <laughs> Leroy tries to break the window in the front open. Meanwhile, the man and the woman pry a corner for, for their dog to go inside after them. Leroy, Leroy picks up Fool, demanding him to stand, stand in, stand in the open so the dog can see him. Fool doesn't want to. Leroy threatening him before uh, heading behind the couch, assuring him that he's going to kill the dog. Prince runs into the room, panting as he looks around the room. Not gonna lie, this dog is cute as fuck. Yeah, this scared me. I was like, I want to squeeze your face. <laughs> <laughs> Fool says, uh-oh. Causing Leroy to look up and ask where the dog is. Like, is he gone? <laughs> the dog growls and jumps over the couch, grabbing him by the arm and attacking him. Fool grabs Leroy, pulling him toward the door handle. Fool grabs the handle, shocking all of them to fall on the ground. The woman <laughs> and the man bust the door open while Leroy and Fool run upstairs. Leroy tries kicking the window open, but it won't break. The uh, They continue looking for a way out, stopping as they see the, the man and woman over their dog. The man commenting that they must be upstairs while cocking the cocking back his gun. Leroy and Fool continue moving, Fool suggesting them to hide under the bed. Leroy not going in there, commenting about there something being up. He hides in the closet, pushing Fool out, telling him to find his own spot. What the f- Dude, this is a 13-year-old boy <laughs> that you Around forced to like, come here. Spot's taken. Spot's taken. <laughs> find your own the woman yeah. flicks a switch the doors all close and lock bars on the window window slam shut the man comes up the stairs pointing his light down the hall with his with his gun pointed leroy backs up as he as the red dot and flashlight move through the cracks when i saw this i was i was just like yo they mean business 100%. like they are not fucking around here 
Like this was another yeah. turn into the like movie. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? That's not the only <laughs> thing they should be worried about. The people downstairs. No, they have to worry about these guys. One thousand percent. He's like, fuck vampires downstairs. Crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> Vampire hunters. There's a lot of stuff in this movie. <laughs> What's happening? <Got> dogs. <laughs> I do want to point that out though. That like in I think. I mean, not I think, I know. There's going to be more to come, and I feel like this movie has just a lot going on for it. So I would yeah. love, if it's going to be retold, to see how it kind of gets uh, more honed in. That's that's actually that's okay. really good. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Um, you know what? Let's theorize in the post-show. That'll yeah. be fun. Let's do that. How are going to do it? Yeah. Roach moans inside the walls, then opens the door about to pull Leroy out. Leroy runs out of the closet. The man shoots him. He screams for Fool to run. Run, Fool! (laughs) (laughs) Another shot. Leroy falls down the stairs. The two celebrate his kill. Fool crawls over the banister as they continue their celebration, but them only thinking it was just him. She tells tells the man to check upstairs because there might be a mess. In the hallway, there's a candle with a ragdoll next to it fool goes up to it the doll is pulled with a string he takes the candle and follows the the doll fool blows out the candle the man thinking he heard something instructing her to stay there the doll is pulled inside the vent fool follows it inside pulling out the lot the lighter he moves a piece of clothing out of the way exposing the carcass that was eaten oh my fucking god you get you get contacts later. They're like, okay, that was probably a human carcass. Like, <laughs> yeah. He notices Alice pulling the doll from another area. He goes over to where she is, the man peeking inside and yelling for them to go back into the cellar. God, I'm imagining the smell of this house. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Like it must smell so fucking putrid. Oh, oh my god. Jesus Christ. Firing off rounds of shots, commenting that they will be sorry if he gets the dog up there. Fool is on the other side of the, t- is on the other side, trying to open any door that he can. Alice slowly opens the door to the bathroom. She fearfully stands in the corner. She goes up to her, telling her to not be scared, asking if she, if she's ever seen a brother before. He's like, what? You ain't never seen a brother before? She was like, I don't have and a she's brother. Like, I don't have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> he explains that he's talking about a black person, knowing that there's there are black folks in the neighborhood. And she's like, neighborhood? You know, Aww. this brings back very, very dark like memories of what just happened to that girl who escaped her parents' house. You guys heard about this? No. Was she it like was all through her house? She was traveling her house with her siblings and her, she was 17 and like she's never been outside before. And she finally escapes and she runs outside and she calls 911 on a cell phone that she was, she pretty much smuggled into her house. And when she calls 911, like she, she doesn't even know how to talk to the cop at this point. And like it, it is so, heartbreaking and this just fluttered all of those memories in for, to me and like the, the that poor girl and all of this is on camera like like it's on body cam footage they have the phone call everything of how this girl got out and now yeah. i think she's 24 or maybe 22 or 23 but this happened like super recently like maybe 2018 or 2019 Man, so that's so sad to hear yeah, yeah. is nuts but I would definitely say check out that 2020 on that. I think it's just literally called the House of Horror. And it is fucking terrifying. But anyway, 
She doesn't understand what a neighborhood is. He asks if if she's been outside before, but she hasn't. Um, and Drew even just uh put our Silent Night put in the chat here. Uh, her sister was chained to the bed. I forgot so about sad. that. Yeah, yeah like it, it's nuts. Sharing that she can't get out and nobody ever has, Fool mentions that he's going to get out. He he goes to check the um check the coast down the hall. Alice mentioning that people have tried, and damn. The fact that like multiple people have tried to get out of this house. He asks if yeah. she's talking about the people in the cellar. She nods her head. He wonders who they are. She shares that, that the man and woman search for the perfect boy, but each one of each one they found turned out bad. Some seeing things they, that, um, they weren't supposed to. Others heard things and talked back. The man cut out the bad parts and put the boys in the cellar one by one. She justifies that they get that they get flashlights and food of of uh, some kind, thinking that they are happy in their own way. Fool ain't buying their happiness, locking the door and asking, uh, "What about her? Why isn't she in the cellar?" She looks up, claiming that she doesn't she doesn't uh, she doesn't see, hear, or speak evil. That being the only way, she sheds a tear as Roach's moans fill the room. She's. <laughs> it, was, it was so operatic. <laughs> she closes her ears full ass. What, the, well, what is that? And then she calmly answers like, oh, that's Roach. <laughs> Daddy hates him because he got out of the cellar and now he lives in the wall. Uh, the so man- was Roach, sorry to interrupt, is Roach an actual child of theirs or is it just another robbed baby? That robbed baby. Rob, that was a robbed yeah. baby, yeah. Because see the, the the way I'm picturing it is the reason why they took these kids, and this might be super messed up, um, but I think they took them to for the woman because those two probably didn't want to actually mate. So I think they took mainly boys for the woman. Got it. It would have been so, she so could interesting. make her own child. I think it would have been such an interesting commentary if like Alice, for example, was a child born from them because I think it would have been it could have been a commentary on um, white families in the past that would breed within their family to keep their genes like because what they perceive as the best genes. Um, Right. And well-bred families and all that. Um, But yeah, yeah. when it's 100 percent the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the man, uh, uh, the man now can't find him. Cut to the man bursting through the walls with a pump shotgun and a full-on BDSM shoot. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. this is where I'm like, where is this going? But another twist, another turn of the movie. I'm like, you guys are going wild right now. It's just interesting that he puts it on it. to find Roach and like he does. It's like he gets armor on it. for him. He, it's yeah, great. I guess you're right. It's just something yeah. that's like very pleasurable for him. He's excited. He's all about it. He's this is his moment. He's, He's loving in it for the right. sport. Right. It's disgusting yeah, right. but crazy. And I'm like, okay, you brought me to a whole different level in this movie. I'm down. Fuck it. Whatever. That's amazing. Bring back the vampires. Roach moans throughout the man taking a shot at the wall. Full full bangs on the window trying to escape, knowing that there must be another way out. Alice helps him go through the wall, and he has to travel further into the house to get out of it, sharing that the man is afraid to go inside there. He tells her that he he doesn't want in, he wants out. But, quote, sometimes in is out. 
end quote. Roach screeches, startling fool, which forces him to close up the passage. Um, the man continues his hunt, shooting at the ceiling. Fool runs out, out in the hallway, but turns back around into the bathroom when he sees the man coming back. He agrees to go inside the go inside the wall as the shots continue firing outside the door. He tries for the passage, um, but it won't open. The man is about to open the door, but uh, stops when he hears Roach coming from a different direction. Um, and I love how Roach is like a literal metaphor on infestation, like an actual right. Roach. In the walls, like, yeah. Through the walls, yeah. That, that, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, around. I really, really love Hard that. Hard to kill. Yep, yeah. exactly. And, and that's, a, that's a really interesting, like, aspect behind him yeah for like the the couple he's literally a pest yeah exactly fool brings down the shower curtain holding um hiding behind it as the man continues searching and shooting meanwhile the woman brings up spencer severed uh, spencer's severed hand to feed it to our sponsors and we're back just kidding prince is eating it instead not me (laughs) but the other prince no, not that Prince. Yeah. Not like Prince the singer, Purple Rain Prince, like Prince the Rot Roller. Right. Oh, you mean the artist <laughs> formerly known as Prince? <laughs> she hears a cop's car screeching to a halt outside. She peeks outside the window. Two cops that are radioed about the van. She calls the man over an intercom that the police are out back. She's like, Daddy, the police are in back. He retreats. Fool comes from the from the curtain, but falls to the ground, the sound forcing Prince to growl. He bangs on the window, yelling for the police, but it is completely muffled from the other end. The woman comes outside, greeting the two cops, officer man, and lip tack. They ask her if, uh, if this is her van. She mentions that it isn't, and it was just parked there when they got home from shopping. The man, um, the man comes outside while the, while the cops ask if they've seen anyone around there. He answers that they did see a black and white man walking away as they approached, thinking that they were service workers. They uh, want to check the house, the man, the woman claiming that that's already done, even looking underneath the beds, asking if they, if they got a lot of, a lot of this to sort, excuse me, asking if they get a lot of this sort of thing. She claims that they are prisoners and the criminals roam free. Liptak tells her that they are, they are lucky they are all right because the van was used in a liquor store robbery last night. They advise them to stay inside and keep their doors locked. They are driving away. The woman notices the bear troop outfit that Fool was wearing. She tells the man that uh, that they weren't the only ones and that there was a boy. The man sniffs the clothes as she continues that he's inside the house with their little angel. Uh, Two things. (laughs) First, it's no fucking way in hell if that car was involved in a robbery, cops would have just left it in their fucking property. Yeah, point, no way point. in hell. Like they would have definitely have taken that car for evidence. Like it's just like no, no way. <laughs> and second, why did he sniff his clothes like that, bro? I know. Ew. Weird. I agree. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Yeah. Fool runs to another wall, greeted by Prince growling from the other end. He tries his best to shut the hatch on the dog, but he's too strong. The dog burps up Spencer's ring. Fool makes a run for it, the dog chasing him into the bathroom. He punches the dog in the face, then locking the door the bathroom door. Bro, I know your hand hurt. <laughs> the man shoots a huge <laughs> hole in the door. Fool grabs the porcelain top of the toilet, hitting the man in the head. He drops down, groaning in pain. He's like, huh? This And this is the parts that I'm talking about where there's moments where this movie is just super heavy. 
with the darkness and then it's like super lighthearted when fool has yeah. to fight against him it, it it could do better with a more balanced approach for sure i agree definitely agree because you know who does this very well better watch out better watch yeah. out does yeah. something like this extremely well with the balance yeah. of keeping it dark and lighthearted at the same time because it still feels dark the whole time right exactly yeah but this just felt like silly and playful and fun where it's just like am i watching home alone like yeah like what's yeah. happening Full again that's tried- what was popular back then I mean, no, you're right. You're definitely right. Um, I mean, Home Alone came out a year before this, right? 1990. Oh, yeah. interesting. So, or did Home Alone come in 99? I don't know. I whatever. Can not 99. You mean 89? I meant 89. Yeah. My apologies. Home Alone yeah, one came, uh, came out 1990. When you're born. It was 1990. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 58%. <laughs> Your you boy with them dates though. Uh, <laughs> fool trying his best to act tough, telling him he, uh, if he comes in there, he's going to kick his ass. If you come in here, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> the man is up for the challenge and is about to come inside until Roach opens a door into the walls from the cabinet, pulling Fool inside. The man opens the uh, the door, but it's, it is just a regular cabinet. He shoots the cabinet off, yelling that he's going to kill him. He's like, I'm going to kill you. Roach appearing to, to slingshot a rock at the man. Once again, the lighthearted fun aspect of this movie. Um, he sends, uh, he sends in his dog Roach navigating the uh, way for full as Prince searches for them. They stop in Roach's uh, decked out pad for a moment. I wanted to see way more of that full asking about it, but they aren't safe enough. Uh, so they uh, keep moving. He's like, this show pad. He's like, yeah, <laughs> he's so proud of it. <laughs> Go to the man groaning downstairs. The woman asking what hit him quote unquote, the damn, bear trooper but prince is after fool knowing that he'll kill him before he gets to alice back with fool and roach wandering through the through the walls roach stops them waiting for prince fool wanting him to do something uh he takes the doll and throws it toward the dog excuse me he grabs it roach roach pulling a hatch and causing prince to slide down the slide and come through the kitchen the woman knowing the boy has gotten alice alice left uh, roach and fool inside the room inside her room fool still a little weary of of roach but thanks him roach smiles and nods his uh, nods his head fool asking alice about him not talking much she reveals that his tongue is cut off roach sticks out his severed tongue motioning it being cut off fuck me <laughs> what i think Al- is crazy is how playful he is about it yeah he's, the, like, hey, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like yeah it's missing isn't that trippy <laughs> it's so cool he's like i could do this no i'm just kidding <laughs> 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 shares that the woman can't call him trying to call for help and the man cut out his tongue he comments about them both being sick she shushes him worried of him speaking evil she's like girl I'm doing a lot more than that, <laughs> knowing yeah. uh, knowing they will kill him if they heard what he said. She introduces him officially to Roach. Fool cautiously shakes his hand. He introduces himself at, um, and his nickname. Roach intrigued by it and um, saying it right. He's a foo. <laughs> Fool notices the the dolls on her bed, asking if it is Leroy. Um, uh, and why she made them. She takes the doll away, sharing that it holds the souls of the burglar of the burglars salesmen, workmen, and other people who saw too much and died. Wow. Yeah. 
He pours out the rest of the dolls on her bed. The man then bursts through into the room, guns blazing, Roach getting the fuck out of there. He throws Fool to the ground, then fires some shots at Roach, trying to get a, trying to get away. The woman running inside the room for Alice, slapping and screaming a whole bunch of weird offenses at her, like she's calling her Judas and the, the right. lady. Okay, uh, the man grabs Fool, pointing the gun at him, asking, "What does he do with him?" She yells that it's time to clean house, getting off of Alice, saying that she wants to, quote-unquote, total spring cleaning. The man forces Fool to help drag Leroy's body. God damn. <laughs> then he Insane. opens the door, kicking Fool down the stairs and dropping Leroy down the, the folded stairs. The stair people all commune with laughter as the man closes the door as they say, food. The woman forces Alice to clean up Leroy's blood from the ground. She slips and falls from it. The woman ranting about her being lazy and the children misbehaving in the basement and one in the wall. You know what? Like, I genuinely think she slipped on accident. Yeah. Like, that looked like so real. Like, she yeah. did not mean to slip. It looked like a genuine <laughs> they were like, slip That's and fall. Perfect. Keep it. Yeah, they're yeah. just like that works. We're gonna keep that, and, I, and I'm pretty sure like they wrote that line in about her getting blood on her dress because she slipped and fell. Yeah, like that. Like that has to had been a one take thing. And that's the thing. Like they are like this is all fairly well acted until you get to that slapsticky stuff with like the slingshot and slamming the door in people's face and stuff. Yeah. Um, but. Before all of the slapstick stuff, this is extremely well acted. Like this lady is genuinely scary. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. What is what is her totally. name? Because um, I really really like her. She's really good. You mean uh, the actress's Win- name? Yeah, Wendy Robbie. Yeah, uh, Wendy job. Robbie and Everett McGill. Like they're they're good, dude. Like jeez, <laughs> like they they're a great genuinely job in these scary. Roles. Yeah, because I think. The biggest compliment I could give to an actor is if I say I truly like hate one of the characters they're portraying. Yeah, because this right. just shows that they're such a great actor that I don't see the the actor at all. I just see the character and yes. them truly being like that. You know, they fully yeah. involve themselves into the characters that they're supposed to portray, and it's really well done. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. definitely agree. Um, Roach was in that one movie with Seth Rogen, American Pickle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never seen it. It's like HBO uh, Max, it's like original movie early on. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, yeah. Freddie didn't like it. Crying <laughs> that they will be the death of her. A fool is handcuffed to a pipe as the man carves and eat Leroy's innards. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that again. Fool is handcuffed to a pipe as the man carves and eats. Leroy's innards. Ugh, so fucked. When I when I saw this what? moment, I I was like, I didn't even know we were going there. Like, you know, <laughs> right. earlier I didn't realize that he was already eating people. But at this point, I I just kind of looked around, even though no one was with me. I was like, wait, what? Right. <sighs> this movie like just randomly goes there, and you're just like, yeah, you accept it, and you're like, okay, I just witnessed what I just witnessed, but I'll continue on. I- but here's the thing, like, we got that context in the beginning of the right. movie. Like, we just didn't know. We didn't put two and two together until literally right now. <laughs> we yeah. just, like, little by little, we just see how eccentric they are. And you're just like, okay. 
These I people think it's passy centric. Yeah. <laughs> Barbaric, maybe. Yeah. Uh, throwing a piece of the meat at the, st- the stair people, proud that he keeps them hungry. Back with the woman forcing Alice into a boiling bathtub, yelling at Fuck the fact that. that she got uh, blood on her dress. And this was the part where I was going to tell David to skip. I was just going to tell you to skip this part. But at the same time, I feel like this part's also extremely important to showcase Wait, uh, how these people are. You were going to have me skip the bathtub scene? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Prince, I almost text uh. you guys saying, <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. Like, yep. oh my God. I, I almost, I almost did it. I almost was going to say, I, just skip 20 seconds of this. But yeah. this really shows the vitality. I have to agree with you. The, the, like, all of the other stuff that they were doing, like the chasing and things like that, that just seemed like they were trying to kill someone who invaded their home right this yeah. really shows their true character this yeah moment i have right to here. agree and you know there are some parts earlier where i even questioned if i could keep up with the movie and you know they allude to it but they don't really show it all that much and right at this moment i i shuddered and i had to tell myself and I, this is something it's I used to do as a, a kid. Yeah, a they're just actors. They're just acting. That yeah. I could see the steam coming from outside the tub, not in the tub. Like I had yep. to really ground myself in reality to get through it. Yeah. But man, yeah. the great uh, bravo to the the actress. It was. I think her name is AJ. Very realistic. Yeah, I know her yeah. from My So Called Life. Yep, that's her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that's her. She screams and rides from the hot bath as the woman violently scrubs her with a brush. Meanwhile, Ugh. the man dumps Leroy's carcass into a pit of decay. He closes the hatch, grabbing full. He cries for him to, to he cries for him not to put him in there with the stair people. He does so anyway. The woman throws Alice back into her room, asking where the bear trooper is. Alice cowers in the corner, b- um, body red from the heat of the water. The man enters behind her, answering that he's dead meat, and he could have he could have killed him but uh he let he let the people under the stairs do it fool looks frantically around as the stair people surround him with lights he i love how they have lights like right. flashlights like yeah and they're like again just very random vampires. Like they got lights, dude. They are using them as weapons. He yells for them to leave him alone. The hatch of the decay open back up. They all huddle to see Roach forces moans while bringing Leroy's stripped fl- stripped flesh back to the surface. And I'm like, they get scared. I can't even. Right? Keep He's just smiling. Is like, ha, I got him. <laughs> They get, they all get scared, and I love how like they all run away, and they still have the moan. It's great, laughing as they all back away. Full is happy to see Roach. Roach helps him out, locking the door back behind him. The man tells them to all be quiet, having Prince guard them. Roach has Full go inside the furnace and hide from the dog. The dog barks at the furnace, but not able to get inside. Full notices that Roach is shot, wanting. Uh, wanting to get him to a hospital, Roach goes up to the furnace to grab the gold coins. He hands them to Fool. Roach smiling weakly. Fool thanks him. Roach writes in on the ash, Alice, pointing upward, confirming that Alice is upstairs. Roach then dies. Fool leaves no time wasted and starts heading upstairs uh, toward Alice. 
I like how Fool just like death does not like face him. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. Like it's it's like pretty wild. <laughs> like dude just saw three dead bodies, like nothing, and someone got like he met Leroy yesterday, and he already saw him get chopped up. Like what? <laughs> yeah. While he's headed upstairs, the dog is following and meeting him at every vent op- vent opening. He can uh, he can hear the man yelling at Alice, wondering if she told him anything, threatening her, reminding her uh, that he killed Roach. Francis barking outside the door. He stops his antagonizing, throwing throwing her on the bed to open the door, yelling at the dog to shut up, closing the door, wondering what's wrong with him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fool pops up from the vent, running and punching the shit out of him in the balls. He grabs <laughs> Alice, surprised that he's still alive. The man runs runs at them comically, running into the wall. These are the moments I'm talking about. Like, I don't, I, I don't like them. They're just there's such a tonal shift of what you agree. saw prior. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's the. At least for me, I don't mind it as much because I see that's like him being a kid trying to get away from the adults. So it's kind of like that tension yeah, breaker that, that's kind of necessary for this movie because it goes so uh, random, dark know, places man. sometimes. I, I don't feel like it needed to be this cartoonish. I think like it's a product of the 90s in a way. I, I'm sure it is, but yeah. at the same time, it was just like, I, I like this just didn't need to be that cartoonish. Because like if you take something like Candyman, which came out in 92, yeah. and we had a story of a child in Candyman, um, and... If you take something like that and how that was still very ingrained with the horror, like this felt like it was a little too cartoony adventure for me. That's for fair. me personally. It seemed like it was trying to be for all ages. Right. Exactly. Yeah, for a that, that that's, makes sense. What, yeah. that's what throws me off. Like this feels like this is a movie that's like it yeah. wants to be rated R at times and then it wants to be PG. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's you guys hit it on the head really well because I, I only picture the Goonies a lot while watching this movie because yeah. they kind of have that same comedic effects of like, oh, I'm a a bad guy back enough trip and fall and hit the wall because I missed catching you right now. Right. And right. I'm going to hit you bed. with the lamp because that's the lamp is there just to be smashed on someone's head. We see that trope a lot too. Um, yeah. I think you guys nailed on the head where it's like it's trying to be for all ages. But then they mm-hmm. go there when it's rated R. And I think that's right. what throws me off a lot too. And that's part of the ride. It's something that I don't usually see of something going so rated R and then going very PG out of nowhere too. Right. Yeah. For kids, it's an adventure. And for the adults, they could see the true darkness in the film, right? Yeah. yeah which Or maybe, it'll probably go over the head on some kids. Maybe a happy medium of PG-13 and the hiding some stuff may have made this work better. Because PG we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have gotten that body being severed open. Yeah, which is great. You can't skip that. There's a lot of great scenes where I'm just like, yeah, this is needs to be in here. Yeah. Fool smashes a lamp over his head and they head back inside the vent. He tells Alice to keep moving or he will shoot them through the walls. Her dress is stuck. While waiting for her to get unstuck, he notices the woman uh, right beh- right below them. The man douses Roach's body with gas inside the furnace, telling him to, quote, burn in hell for getting out and burn in hell for showing the way, end quote. He lights the match. Um, and I love actually how uncomfortably close he is to the camera. Um, he lights the match and explosion of flames forcing heat into the vent he goes back upstairs yelling burn in hell they uh the kids are 
the kids are coughing from the smoke rising up through the vents full commenting that he's coming he's coming closer and that they and they need to get out of there pushing her to uh, pushing her to help her rip her dress and they keep moving through the vents pushing out of pushing out of an opening so they can start traveling through the walls she mentions that she doesn't know the way and roach was the only one who knew knew the way through the walls he rebuttals that they will explore the man shouts that he he will find them while cocking the gun full has to sneeze they try to stop it but he sneezes and the man starts firing through the wall once again Totally off, but hey. Mm. Alice whispers that he he can't shoot them um, if he can't hear them. While they're walking, a chair with spikes comes flying through the wall. Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> the, For real. the woman runs the, to meet the man in Alice's room, wondering if he got full. He sends his dog inside to chase after him, shouting for him to kill Fool. She she hears Prince coming. She tries to run, but Fool wants to stand off with the with the beast of the dog. He grabs the dog, wrestling with uh, wrestling with the dog to not bite him, calling for Alice's help. She tries to help get the dog off of him. Both of them screaming as they try their best. The man goes inside a room with a crucifix and photos of children taped on his walls, listening to the screams. Photos the of children. Right. Yeah. There's so many photos too. So many. Yeah, just it's it's gut wrenching to see just how many there are. Right. Like, and it's wow. such a weird room too. It's like filled with candles, like ceremonial stuff. Like what were they doing there? Like it was like <sighs> ritualistic. Yeah. Like I said, Gross. like they just took this movie in like weird turns. I'm just like, okay. Sure. I'm in. Right, yeah. Full, full yells for Alice to get back, grabbing Prince by the snout, banging on the walls. The man starts uh, stabbing through it. Uh, Alice, Alice shouts for him to get away from the walls. Full bangs the dog on the wall. The man stabbing through the wall, connecting and pulling the blade out slowly, blood dripping on the floor. You get another scene quite like this in scream in 1996 he yells that he came, uh he got him full holds prince's face dropping his lifeless body on the floor he's so cute though when he drops his body I he's know. Like, like he's squeezing his little I face, and I'm just like, oh, what just I, face. there's a lot of times where i'm like man this pup's actually really cute like he's so cute and it's great yeah. because like you could tell like fool is just literally holding the dog's face and he's right? on his yeah. hind legs, and he lets go, and they have to slow motion the camera to make, sort of to make it <laughs> seem like he died. Yeah, <laughs> poor Prince, the, he's so adorable. <laughs> the man celebrates that he got he got him to the woman dancing around, but uh, she wants she wants him to prove it. He's like, I got him, I got him, and she's she's like not impressed at all, and she's like, prove it. <laughs> he takes her inside his uh, gross den. Fool notices the light above them. They rush up the wall as the man bursts through it. Prince falls out with one last growl, the woman crying that he killed Prince. The two kids are inside the attic trying to find a way out. Fool notices an open window, smiling as he sees the lights from the hood uh, from right across the, the way. Alice is in awe as the cool, crisp air whisks past her hair. Fool, Fool screams for help. She shushes him, and he suggests that they have, have to climb down. She's scared, knowing that it is a straight drop off the roof. He remembers the pond, thinking that they uh, they might be uh, beneath them, but she still isn't sure since she doesn't know how deep it is. The man and, and woman are banging on the attic door, full trying to convince her to jump. She yells that 
Uh, she can't and she's afraid, not knowing what's out there. She steps back as the man enters, shooting toward Fool, but he jumps out of the window. Whippering as he moves on the roof, the man asks what, uh, what she was doing with him. Fool whispers for Alice, the man appearing, but Alice wrestles the gun toward the air. He fires, he fires a shot. Fool slides off the roof into the pond, trying to catch his breath as he gets out of the pond. The man comes outside, firing multiple shots at him as he runs away. How did he get down there so fast, like right. yeah. my dude, crap, like, got a lot of trap teleported. Stuff. Who knows? Yeah, God, <laughs> like he got down there so fast, like he just got out of the pond, and dude was already outside waiting for him, pretty much. <laughs> Full yelling that he will be back for Alice. The woman yells at the man to never shoot his gun outside. He admits that he got away. She calls him back inside to the inside the house. He listens. She snatches the guns out of his hand, calling him a bad boy, and to get in, into his suit. Cuts a fool sitting at the table with Grandpa Booker and Ruby looking looking at the gold coins. Booker uh, tells Fool that if they if they would have excuse me. Booker tells Fool if they would have uh, come for anyone else he would make him take it back. Fool uh, understands. Booker admits that the coins are rare and that he would be able to pay his rent for at least 10 years. Because he says until the year 2000. They yeah. are stoked, fool, asking about his mom's operation. Booker nodding his head, agreeing. He tells Ruby to hold the coins up, uh, the coins until tomorrow, sharing that he's going to order an ambulance for their mom. And they will, they will take the coins to a dealer, but he wants fool to be careful because, quote, that brother-sister act you mess with are evil, plain and simple. End quote. Fool is shocked that they are brothers and sister. Booker nodding his head that they are the craziest family that you've ever heard of. Each generation crazier than the last. He shares the history and listen to this fucking shit. Quote, that they started out as a family running a funeral. Our funeral home, selling cheap coffins for expensive prices. They got their fingers into real estate, starting, started making a lot of money, taking to other people's homes. The more money they got, the greedier they got. The greedier they got, the crazier they got. All sorts of rumors about what's on in that place. Never proved it because the police didn't take it serious. But when I was a kid, none of us tried walking past that house. End quote. Oh, man. Like an urban uh, legend. I love dude, it. So cool. Like this was like that whole thing, it, that whole introduction of Grandpa Booker was magnificent, magnificent. Yeah. I wonder who would play fool this like a modern fool. Hell yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I would say that kid that played in the shy. I feel like he would be pretty good. Anyway, fades a fool. Um, sitting next to his mom, Ruby comes to comes into the room asking if he's okay. He shares that he was telling his mom that he did something wrong, and now he has to do something right. She mentions that she did tarot cards again. Um, they uh, they were scary, and she doesn't want him messing with those people again. He gets up, suggesting that somebody has to, even if it means him. Remembering his promise to Alice and him wanting to keep it, he walks out of the project building and heads to a payphone. He calls the police to report a case of child abuse. The police end up at the man and woman's house, then commenting about the the house being clean and them not having kids inside the house. The woman is offering cops with more coffee and shit. They deny it as they mention uh they are going to look upstairs. She continues to the next room. A Apologizing for them having to come out there for no reason. They all take cookies from her tray, her saying that it is better to get a false a false call if they can prevent one child from being abused. They agree as she offers them cream and sugar. Fucking the the white tality in this moment, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> damn. 
<laughs> While the officers are looking around the home, the man is going around and picking up loose items and putting them inside the wall. The sergeant, and by loose items, is picking up like dog chains and guns and shit. <laughs> Uh, the sergeant compliments the man's furniture as, as he lights his pipe. The man sharing the history of the furniture being in his family for years. Another cop calls the sergeant uh, and while he's even talking to him, like when he looks back to look back at the furniture, the man like fi- like takes his hat off so he can rub his uh, wound. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. And nonchalantly too, he's like, he, he just feels it, it seems like he thinks he's smarter than all right. of them. Right. And that's that's what it that's what it seems like. He seems like he is just smarter than everybody. And the mm. way these cops are acting, he's probably right. <laughs> Another cop calls for the sergeant to have him take a look inside the room. They enter the room, the sergeant thinking that they didn't have any kids. The woman comes inside, sharing that Alice left them a long time ago and and they never touched the room since. Um claiming that in some ways she still lives there and always will. And I love how she's doing this because she's looking up and speaking louder, talking to the addict. Yeah. Because <laughs> Alice is in the attic. And she's like, yep. Like pretty much saying like, you better not do that again. <laughs> she turns her back to the sergeant as he apologizes and leaves out of the room. He comments that this shouldn't have ever happened. The cops all leave. The woman commenting that she she never wants to see a cop or a cookie ever again. The man comes back and locks the door, wishing they burn in hell. They are going around the house, hitting switches to reveal how they hide the basement with the makeshift shelf. The man adding that they need to get a new dog tomorrow. They are headed upstairs, the woman claiming to be worried because the cops left the back door open for so long. Wondering if any of them got out. He doesn't think so because he drugged them. Fool comes comes out of the kitchen or Fool comes out of the kitchen cabinet, sneaking around the house, checking the stairs before heading inside the living room to grab a fire poker. He cautiously goes up the stairs, the man commenting that, that he will find Fool tomorrow in the ghetto and kill him. They are getting ready for bed, saying, Now I lay me down to sleep prayers with a twist. Um, because I think it's uh, if I kill before I wake is what yeah. they said. Oh, I didn't catch. Super dark. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it isn't them. It is a recording of them sitting on the bed, full confused as the tape whines. The man dressed in his BDSM suit. Damn, he changed so fast. Grabs <laughs> full and picks him up. Full gouges out, gouges at his eyes. Um, he doesn't gouge it out. He just gouges at it. Uh, the woman coming out, slapping him. He starts hitting her with the poker, and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> they grab his leg he hits the man um, next breaking the poker on his back I'm like how did you do that when pokers are made out of steel right right <laughs> like, like wow <laughs> this is like oh my god she yells for him to get full full finds the switches switching the downstairs door open the man grabs a gun out from the desk and searches around the house the woman asking if he got him but he's fast he tells her to open the kitchen he can't find him, thinking that he got out, and them wanting to keep Alice in the attic all night. And it's funny when he said he's fast, because I'm just like, motherfucker, you are too. Find him. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fool climbs up the chimney, pushing the bricks away to meet with Alice. She's chained to a bolt. He hammers the bolt off. They quickly greet each other and try uh, try to get the, some of the bricks out. She hears the man coming into the room. He switches. Uh, he lets go of the lighter um, to hide. And this looks great. He turns the lighter off and it's just like pitch black 
inside there and she covers it up acting like she's still chained amazing she stands back in position pleading for him to let her down he exhales while touching himself the woman startles startling him as she demands for him to uh, help her in bed jesus fucking christ i hate him yeah yeah because <laughs> because before it was up to interpretation but i feel like that very much uh, that solidified, solidified it. it. Yeah, oh, sure. yeah. And I that hate solidified that. Them. The movie does she a really good job for really making these people very hated. They're terrible people. And evil. Like, very evil. Like these like you they just reek with evil. And it's and yeah. it's just they feel like the epitome of it. Mm-hmm. She calls back to Fool. He tells her to uh, meet him at the window. Cut to the woman in, on the bed wanting the man to find Fool and bring him back to her, wanting to take her under the stairs and, and do him like the others, cutting off more than, than his ears. And like the guy is talking at the same time. He's like, his balls! And it was like, okay. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Fool uh, meets him Full meets meets up with Alice at the window. They quickly hug. He sh- he shares that they aren't her, her real parents and they aren't even husband and wife, mentioning that they stole her, Roach, and the others. She doesn't believe him, but his grandfather told him and knows he wouldn't lie to him. Upset, she asks, what, uh, what do they do now? Fool suggests them jumping off, but the man drained it and put broken glass and rocks inside of it. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> uh, okay. he, uh, he, and he fixed... And he fixed the way that they first came up. They head over to where they came up th- uh, through last time. It now booby trapped with bombs. What? Oh my lanta! <laughs> he asks if, if if she can climb the roof. Grabbing a brick, they head up, trailing the roof toward the chimney. The woman is crying that fool came back to their house. The man sharing that he came back uh, came back to get Alice, wanting to kill her. She grabs him, telling him to stay away from Alice. Um, he calls her a horse, and she slaps him. She starts to choke her, but stops when they hear something falling through, falling from inside the chimney. He climbs underneath, shooting upward. Fool acting like he got hit. The man laughs, taking another shot. She asks uh, if he sees anything, taking taking off his mask to get a better look. Fool drops a brick down below, hitting the man. The woman calling him a bastard and grabbing the gun. Fool instructs her how to trail down the uh, the chimney. They slide down, falling on the woman. Fool jamming his his fingers in her nose until she lets them go, and he's able to steal the gun. They stop. Fool tells Alice that they are right by the living room. Uh, and for her to get out of the back door, he tells her that he's not finished with them yet, and he continues trailing down to get the shotgun and set everyone else free. And I'm just like, fool! What you mean you're not finished with them yet? Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Are you are you going yeah. to shoot them? Are you gonna just be like, freeze? <laughs> come on, man! Come on, man! You got to be about that action if you're gonna talk about that action. <laughs> Alice slowly makes her way through the living room while Fool is downstairs in the basement. He has the gun in hand, the stair people all shouting, food, food, food. Fool shushes them. Alice is caught by the woman asking for Fool is, uh, asking where Fool is, but she won't tell her. She calls him filthy and bad. Alice steps on her foot, screaming for, uh, for her to go to hell. She runs for the kitchen. The man's sobbing for the woman. The woman yells that Fool's, uh, 
that fools turn Alice against her and they both can burn in hell. The man runs and searches for her around the kitchen. They check all of the openings she could possibly be. Alice picking up her slipper on the stove as she moves back up toward the vent to hide, which is odd because it looked like she totally was walking barefoot when she was like on the roof. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I honestly looked at that too. And I thought the same thing. Yeah. They hear crashing in the basement thinking, thinking she could, thinking that she might be in the basement, but the woman doesn't believe that. He knows that Fool is down there. He runs and opens the door, Fool holding the gun and cocking it as him at, uh, cocking it at him to say a prayer. The man raises his hand, pulling... See, that was, that was the thing. I would have just shot at us. Right. As soon as exactly. I would have saw him, like, <clears throat> any one of them, like, you just... I'm, I'm going to shoot you. Like, I'm not waiting exactly. for you yeah. to it's do anything. Proof, though. No, it is. It's like, if you know uh, prayer, say it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Damn. It, it was a fun one liner. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. Uh, he knows Fool is down there. Uh, oh, excuse me. The man raises his hand, pulling the lever and sending Fool falling down the stairs. He, he hands the gun to the woman, instructing her to shoot Alice if she sees her. Um, going down the stairs and grabbing the gun, yelling for him to come over, come over to him. <clears throat> excuse me. Fool does so, the man pointing out Leroy and Spencer below. A knocking on the door, she shushes him, wondering if it could be the police again. She turns on the light, hides the gun behind her back. As she answers the door, it is Ruby, interrogating the woman about evicting people that can't pay rent and tearing people's homes down. The woman slams the door on her. She commands the man to kill Fool. Right uh, right when he's about to, the stair people shine their lights in his face. He starts shooting at them, more knocking at the door, Booker claiming to, uh, to be the police. She opens the door and, it is, and is about to slam it again, but Booker holds the door and insists on saying their piece. Ruby continues about how they stole children from their community for their sick needs. The man, and that's why I also think think that like she stole boys because they were trying to mate um oh that's what you meant originally yeah that's, i didn't realize that yeah and Got it's because it. of this line when they say they're sick needs hmm. the man answers that there's no community there or excuse me the woman answers that there's no community there all she sees are a couple of nit but she stops because the rest of the hood shows the fuck up <laughs> the woman is about to is about to take a shot at Ruby because Ruby's just like, "What are you gonna do? Shoot all of us?" Alice comes flying out of the vent, smashes her head to the ground, and it's so funny as shit because Ruby's just like, "Damn, she knocked her ass out!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how like when the whole hood showed up they was just like yeah uh huh what's up man <laughs> <laughs> this shit is great meanwhile the man is looking for full one of the stair people using him as bait the man shoots the lock off the wall and drags him inside uh, with them <clears throat> They all run around as he continues searching for him. Booker comes comes to the basement door, calling for Fool. Uh, the man runs up to the basement door. Booker and the others close the door on him, causing him to fall back down the stairs. Fool tells one of them that he knows a way out of there. The doors, the door to the outside cellar was left open, and they just need to get past the man. He continues sharing all the things that they uh, can get back to once they get out out of the house of horror. The stairmaster uh, wants to give him something pointing at wants to give him wants to give him something pointing at a steel door fool is about to open it but the stairmaster stops him he uh, understands that it is um it is an alarm and uh pulls out the wires to bridge it 
The man starts, the man starts wa- uh, waking up. The stair people all yelling and groaning at him. Full is inside the room full of money, understanding this being the reason why there is money in, uh, there is no money in the ghetto. Alice and Ruby open the basement door, calling for Full, but no answer. The front door closes and Ruby notices the woman gone. Uh, she goes outside asking the crowd if they saw where she went, uh, went to, not, uh, and to not let her go. And I like how one dude is in the crowd. He's just like, nah, I didn't see shit. <laughs> he's just like, she was just there. <laughs> the door behind, uh, behind her closes and locks and Ruby bangs on the door and window. Alice tries to open the door again, uh, from the wall switch, but it has, it has, been overridden the woman calls out of the intercom that she could wouldn't allow her to leave or she doesn't call the intercom she calls out from the from the kitchen uh excuse me um she calls out the kitchen that that she uh, wouldn't allow her to uh to get away that easily she goes into the kitchen calling out to the woman uh, that she sees her telling her that she sees uh, telling her that excuse me uh she turns around and saying the same thing to her pulling out a large chef's knife, yelling and chasing her with it, striking the door, um, missing Alice. And once again, that door is just very flimsy. So Leroy should have tried the door instead of the window. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> True, she, tries, really she tries stabbing Alice on, on the stairs. The stairmaster then breaks through the stairs, biting her wrist. She yells for him to get back in there and to not touch her. She screams and bangs on the window. More of the stair people jumping out through the walls. The woman continues screaming. Alice stabs her in the stomach, but she continues to try and get away. The, and you know what? The fucking design of these people. They look mm-hmm. great. Really God, I wish notch. we saw yeah. them more. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't. Yeah, because they look fantastic. Like the the black eyes, the pale skin, some of them wearing these crazy yeah. creepy masks. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's so good. The stair people blocking her past, she turns around telling Alice um, she hurt her mother. Alice rebuttals that she was never her mother. The woman battle cries, then burn it down! As she lunges toward her, the stair people grab her, more coming out of the cabinets, dragging her into the basement. The man calls out for her. They throw her down the stairs with her throat slit. Meanwhile, the man hears Fool rummaging around inside the vault. They all scream for Fool as the man goes over to him inside inside his inside of the vault. Uh, the clinking of change. Uh, Excuse me. The clinking of change falls down as he looks for full. He he sees the throwing of coins, admit, admitting that he, he understands full is counting the money, claiming that claiming to have done it himself a thousand times, and uh, that he will do it again, but he won't. He aims the gun in the direction, but full isn't there. He pl- uh, he placed the coins inside of a candle, them dropping once the wax has melted to the point. This is. The most clever thing I've ever seen. So fucking genius, right? It's so cool. Really cool. Wow. Fool gets his attention, showing him the wires in his hand, threatening that uh, he will blow him up if he if he shoots him, claiming claiming it not being the the best place to store it, demanding him to put the gun down. The man is about to fire the gun. Fool ignites the room, blowing blowing up him and the rest of the house full completely unscathed though the crowd cheering outside as the money comes falling out of the sky alice checks on full to see if he's okay and our boy is feeling like a million dollars sitting on them <laughs> steps 
while that house is on fire. The Stairmaster smiles as he gets out of there. The community <laughs> tries catching the money out of the sky as the stair people get the fuck out of there as well, walking around outside. It is. It would have been hilarious if a person would have been like, oh my god. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Just like looked up and got hella scared, but then continued to get money. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, I can just picture somebody grabbing the money and sees this fucking stare person and just drops <laughs> and just bolts out of there. Oh my god! Like fuck this. <laughs> anyway, then credits. <laughs> what a movie! What a flick, dude! I love this it's movie, fun. even though it's silly. I love this movie. This movie's a lot of fun. I anyway, it. It I got some motherfuckers, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it is. But like I said, it it needed to show the intensity to really show the veracity of these people. I yes. agree. But I got some movie facts for us here. Movie, movie facts. facts. Hillary Swank auditioned to play the role as po- as Roach. Roach was oh. originally written to either be male or female. Oh, interesting. wow. Interesting. That's cool. The coin fool pulls out of Spencer's hand is real. It is known as an American gold eagle and it contains one ounce of 22 karat gold. It would have been worth approximately $708 in 1991. Wow. Man, I'm glad that you uh, gave the actual pricing on it because I was going to ask that up. Yeah. That's a fun fact. Wes Craven chose Wendy Robbie and Everett McGill to play the parts of mommy and daddy after seeing them play husband and wife on a TV uh, series, Twin Peaks. Yes. Oh, someone damn. mentioned that, yeah. Which was a year ago, <laughs> and it, it, it was probably Joe who mentioned that. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. Joe shout loves Twin Peaks, so shout out to Joe. He knew immediately uh, that this was going to be a movie on their list too. He's like, "Huh, I wonder if this movie that you're watching right now is homework." I'm like, "You know me too well." <laughs> Maybe. Wes Craven was inspired to write this film after reading a real-life news story about burglars breaking into a house. When authorities arrived, the burglars had disappeared, but they discovered locked doors with noises coming from behind. Children had been locked up inside the rooms by their parents, never allowed to go outside. That's so sad. terrifying. Wow. Uh, Wendy uh, Robbie, woman in the credits... Wendy Robbie credits this movie as the most fun she's ever had on set and uh, one of her favorite projects she's ever done. That's awesome. Interesting. That's really cool. The tape recorder playing a skewed version of Now I Lay Lay Thee Down to Sleep is a nod to Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. Nancy said the proper prayer before she prepared to meet Freddy Krueger in her nightmares. The prayer is also spoken in Craven's first film, The Last House on the Left, in 1972. And the Craven film titled My Soul to Take in 2010 Mm -hmm. is taken is directly taken from the last line of the prayer. We love an Easter egg. I I fucking miss him so much. (laughs) I miss him so much. Although Alice was a 12-year-old girl, actress A.J. Langer was actually 17 when she played her at the time. Wow. Jeez. I didn't know she was supposed to be 12. I didn't know she was supposed to be 12 either. She looked like she was like 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's do one more here. Uh, oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, the house of mommy and daddy, which had a sign that read Robinson Fe- Funeral Home out front, was filmed only three and a half miles from the body shop in Monk, Mr. Monk and the Paperboy in 2004. Interesting. Huh. Um, the house interiors were also used for filming Rob Zombie's Halloween in 2007. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's, huh. that's great. That is that is fantastic. Wow. 
man. But what a flick. Definitely want to keep the conversation going on this one. You can either keep the conversation going on our Discord server, or you can hit us up on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod, and we can definitely keep the conversation going over there because we 100% want to keep chatting about this movie because it is a blast. But next week, we are talking about Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. And I cannot wait to revisit this fucking movie. Dude, it's amazing. <laughs> it, I am so excited for us to watch Demon Knight. Jada Pinkett Smith in uh, her yeah. fucking prime. Oh, Let's go, whoa. boys. Let's go. But <gasps> this is Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knights alongside me. We got Freddy. Always giving this spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Knight. The other in there, we had David. Hey, spoopy, everyone. Mm-hmm. Also known as Nightly, our efforts to get the shot is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more coolest nights. Rating us five stars is very helpful on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. But we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over on patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's not what they would. Yeah. Legend on Patreon. You have access to the show ad free and as early as Monday with a post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight. <laughs>